Welcome to These Lads on Mental. My name is Gary. And I'm Neil. And our podcast is a lighthearted approach to normalise mental health. Before we start today's show, please listen to our disclaimer. This show is just a group of opinions and is not to be treated as medical advice. If you are struggling with mental health, please speak to your physician or reach out to a service such as Lifeline. Thank you. These Lads are Mental recognises the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation as the custodians and traditional owners of Sydney. We pay respect to their ancestors and elders, past and present, and value their continuing connection to lands, living culture, and integral contribution to the bright and inclusive future of this beautiful city that we call home. Yes, in, ter- yeah. and in terms of the afterlife, I mean, who knows, right? That's kind of like also exciting in a way, in a weird way. Like, I mean, look, you can show that I'm not religious, just really, I was brought, like raised a Catholic, but, you know, I don't really um, have any religion now. But, you know, I'm not really a universe type person either, but I'm slowly kind of going, well, maybe, you know, there's something in this, but... Like we're all energy, like we all come, if you think of it from a very basic level, right, we just come from the earth, like, you know, we're just pieces of fabric that form together and are born from the earth. And when we die, we go back into the earth. And then there's a cyclical nation, uh, nature to all of that, which in essence is like, you know, the avatar thing. I know it's a bit naff analogy, but like, it's kind of cool to think about, like at the end of the day, all we are just matter that just forms and deforms over and over and over again. You know, and then going back to the analogy with the the de-stressor about thinking about uh, things from a higher plane. If you think about the, you know, the country you live in, then the earth, then, you know, the cosmos and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just all just one big melting pot, you know. I even often think, like, even with the way climate's going and if we're all, if, we were, if all humans were to go, I mean, would that necessarily be the worst thing ever? We'd all just fold into the cosmos and the next thing might come along, you know, it's, it's not going to go away. It will form into different shape. And when you start thinking about things in that sense, you know, it kind of takes away the fear factor on death. Like, you know, just moving on to the, the next thing. And I think, I don't know if it was Ricky Gervais or someone that was talking about it. Um, he has a great little snippet. I think he can YouTube it because he obviously had the Aftermath show. And he was saying afterlife, like... Man. Yeah, and he was kind of saying like... Oh, sorry, Afterlife, yeah. And he was kind of saying... Um, but that's what's called great about life. It's just we only get it's only a small bit of time that we get to play and have fun with it, you know? And that's the beauty of it. And that's why when you're thinking, fucking life is shit. It, it we've been given and do you know how lucky we are? Like all of you that are listening to this right now, the mathematical statistics on you being the sperm that made it out of the pack with all those people on that given night that your mum or dad or mums and dads together, like whatever it may be that they made that decision on that day to do this thing, to do that. And then you were the fastest fucker to come out of all that. Like, when you think about I that, was, that. That was the fastest you've ever been in your life, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm the slowest <laughs> fella ever, yeah. But when you think about that, isn't that just magical? Isn't that, like, how lucky are we all in our own little mathematical equation that we were the one that got through, you know? And that's the yeah. magic of all that. And then the other thing I, I heard about death more recently is like, wait, so you can go somewhere where, even if there is no, let's say this is it, we're not going any further, that we can go and rest in eternity with nothing to worry about. Like, that's not the worst thing ever when you think about it, right? You know, if we go off into the abyss and that's it, and you never have to worry, like, that's quite a nice thing as well. Do you know what I mean? In a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those questions that it, it's a, when you start getting into it, it's a deep topic. Like, you can, you're half on the fence of, 
this is a lot of shite to, fuck, that's crazy. It's, your head goes a wee bit funny thinking about because no one knows that's at the end of the reality. We, we don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, it just changes the narrative on it, you know. There's, you know, and as I said, there's no one perspective that's right. Whether you're religious and you believe in heaven, all that great, like you know, whatever your narrative is. But if you shift the narrative and think about it from a higher plane and all the potential of it, like it's actually, you know, is it really the worst thing? Yes, we don't our period on this planet Earth, but then you could believe in reincarnation, which I'm not for or against either. You know, I know Glenn Hoddle is mad about it, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the thing is, like, imagine if he did grow into a flower in the next one. Like, that's like, that's great as well, like, you know. like That's just, that's just going off on that dangerous tangent, mate. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. hell. <laughs> um, let's just move on to the next topic. Makes that, we don't have an answer for that one, but that's, that's a, definitely a, a massive topic that whoever's put that question in, you're definitely not alone. Lots of people think about it in many different ways. Um, next question is a cool one. I'm just going to start off with this because as a person who instantly springs to mind, the question is, what allows you to be, be at peace and what makes you happy? So in terms of what makes you happy, there's one person I strongly recommend everybody listening um, looks at, and it's a guy called Mo Goddard. And Mo Goddard is, he used to work for Google as, a, I think, an engineer, a software engineer, or something along those lines. But anyway, his son died at a young age. And he was very much a workaholic. He was multimillionaire. He traded stocks. He was like a mathematical wizard. So he was very techy. He was great with numbers. So during the day, he would work for Google, obviously big sums of money. Then at nighttime, he would trade the stock market based on all his mathematical algorithms. Makes a ton of money. Obviously missed out on a lot of the family side of things. His son died at a young age. This gave him this bit of an epiphany moment. Um... And he started this project called Project Happy, One Million Happy, sorry. And he, he's got a few books out. He's got a book out called Scary Smart, which is about AI. He's got a book out called, um, what I think it's called, I can't remember the name of the, the two books. I was putting the resources, but basically they're both regarding mental health, what makes you happy, um, and pushing this project of making one million people happy. And he's got two, if you don't want to read, he's got two episodes on the diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett, which many of you might know. They're I think it's actually three episodes. They're phenomenal. They're one of the best podcast episodes I've heard too because they're very insightful. But he does really simple tasks and he does it in his book and he does it in his episodes as well. And when he talks about what makes you happy, two things he does as two things he recommends is one, make a happy list. And he says, everyone should do this. Get a pen and paper, super simple. Write what I'm happiest when and just write down the things you're happiest when. So simple as for him, it was like, sitting down with a cup of coffee in the morning, sitting with his dog, going on what, like, as simple and as basic as that. It doesn't have to be massive, big picture, but really simple things that you can do every single day that no one can really take away from you in particular. It might be going on holiday, et cetera, as well, traveling, that can all be part of it. But write them down. And really, for him, it was like, what makes me happy? Do Trying to get as many of those things done in a day where possible, like reading a book, going on a walk, spending time with a friend, family member, parent being as simple as going to watch a movie all these things and having this list to go back to and often he found was when people felt unhappy they were getting away from doing the things that actually made them happy or they were maybe doing things that made they felt they had to do to make other people happy so that's a really simple task you can do on your own and the second thing was whenever he said he was sitting in the podcast room and Stephen Bartlett asked my question about Try, how do you stay optimistic or the rest of it, or perspective on trying to be happy in the situation. And coming from the UK, notoriously British people are known for being pessimistic or trying to 
try to look on the worst side of things, whatever it might be. And he says, well, I could be sitting here right now and I could easily say, oh, it's, it's cold in here, it's freezing here. He goes, but if I flip that, he sort of trained his brain to go, right, before I start, I say that out loud, because as soon as you say it out loud, it triggers your brain subconsciously to start thinking the negative connotation to it. Think of the good things that's happened. He goes, he said, I got here, I met a brilliant person on the way in here, the receptionist, had a lovely conversation with her. Uh, they brought me a, a warm cup of coffee. Uh, the lightning here is pretty cool. I'm having a great conversation with you. And he rings off like 15 things. And he goes, those 15 things, those little moments, uh, like why not mention any of those 15 things? He goes, same thing, you're in a car, you're in traffic. You can sit and go, fucking traffic's doing my nothing. He goes, but you can make a phone call to a, a friend, mate, have a laugh. You, can, you get a peace and quiet. You're in that room, that car yourself. Silence, if you if you want to have it. You can... You've got that time to be by yourself. You can flip the narrative. You can't do it in every situation, but there's always a, a little shining light somewhere, and it's about reframing your head in terms of how do I make myself happier in this situation or how do I not complain in this situation because there usually is something that's pretty pretty positive in the situation and make you be more at peace or where you currently are. And I think those ha that happy list and trying to look for the best in situations that can make you at peace because you start to realise with that happy list that life is a little bit simpler than you think because you get caught up in all the shape, all the things that you, people expect of you or you think society expects of you or what you think is hypothetically should make you happy. But ultimately, if you write down this happy list, you realise I can do all this stuff right now for the most part. Maybe a few financial restrictions, maybe travelling or X, Y and Z, but for the most part, what makes us happy are the really simple things peace and quiet, watch a movie, go and watch your sports team, spend time with your, your wife, your husband, your kids, play with the dog, have a coffee, read a, do a crossword. Like These are usually the things you find that these are in your happiest moments. So I would, for me, what makes me happy is the simple, simple things. Um, I don't have any details what makes me personally happy, but that's why a task I would suggest is write a little happy list and go and check out more Goddard. It's only interesting where if you were to say, well, what makes you like, what makes you to be a success? You'd probably go, oh, the car, the house, the blah, blah, blah. But you're right, like, because we know you were saying that, that I love having eggs on toast with a cup of tea. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and you feel like this is classic. We're trying to be successful, but the things that make us happy are actually things that we have right in front of us almost on a daily basis. And inexpensive, a cup of tea, a tea bag and an egg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless it's Barry's tea, it's looking mad expensive. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the mad thing. That's you know, we're thinking about this place out here into the future. You know, I've had that before. Where it's like, well, when are you going to be content? And I, I remember saying to my therapist, "Go, oh, when I'm sitting on the porch as an eight-year-old, all my grandkids running around." And he goes, "So you're going to wait until you're 80 before you're content with your life?" And I was like, "Holy shit! I've never thought about it like that before." So yeah, like there's those beautiful moments are right in front of us again. It goes back to that be present, be in the now, you know, um, but you won't be able to find this out until you do that little bit of work, you know, do those little exercises. Oh, that's what, mate, it's hard and people don't do it and I, myself included, like I have done that particular task and I, I, I've got it on my, one of my digital notes in terms of I do reflect back on it. It is useful, um, but it's hard work because it's like, fuck's sake, anyway, like goal setting is like, everyone knows how important goal setting or try to set some sort of priorities is. But it's a pain in the ass. You need to get a pen and paper or sit down and think about it. And on that topic of you going when I'm 80 years old, mate, I was like, this is one of the, my favourite um, little tales or myths or whatever you call it. But it's a guy, like a successful American businessman, goes to a little Spanish village on holiday. 
and he decides he's going to do a excursion for the day, a fishing excursion. So he jumps out in the boat with this guy going on this fishing expedition. And within where like is this 15, going? <laughs> within like fifteen minutes, this Spanish guy's caught way more fish than this American guy could have even imagined. He's like, "You're unbelievable!" This. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it all the time." He goes, "Most of my days, I just spent just I chill in the morning with my family, have a coffee." play my guitar and then I come out here in the afternoons and I spent fishing. That's how I spent my last 20 years. So I got really good at fishing and I come back at night, have cooked some fish for my family and that's it. He's like, oh, mate, that sounds great. He goes, but you're one of the best I've ever seen in my life. He's like, why don't you just, you could grow this much bigger. He's like, how do you mean? He's like, well, it's just you just now taking people out and making a little bit of money. Why don't you teach other people how to do your method, get some staff members, grow it bigger? He's like, okay, but then what? He goes, then you could get, rather than just using your method currently, like a spear fishing or a fishing rod, why don't you get a trawler and just get more and more fish? He's like, okay, but then what happens then? He goes, well, then you'll have like 10, 10 boats working for you, taking 20, 20 times amount of fish. He goes, but then what? He goes, well, then you can have a, almost an em- a fishing empire on the whole Spanish fleet. He goes, then what? He goes, then you can just put your feet up, sit in the ports, play your guitar, sit your breakfast with your family. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing that already, mate. Sort of things. He's like, so why go through all those tasks? Yeah. Just to do what I'm doing already. Cause just explaining what what I've done already. And for me, I was like, that's that is for most of us chasing this thing mm. that you've probably you may not have all the way there, but 80% of it is probably right in front of us. Mm. And again, it's just words, but I, I think that as a thought, um a thought project just thinking about that and just mulling over that it does give you perspective again when you get caught up in the oh i should have more money oh i need to go there i've got this bucket list and i mm. like, that'd be so cool to do like for for what what is going to be the angle though is the outcome to make more impact in the world is to be happier is it just to do those things because you think that's what needs to be done because there's a like most people if you say well how much money do you need to be happy about a million dollars ten million dollars mm. but then if you say to them right okay write down what you would do, like what you want, and see if you wrote it all down, it probably even cost $10 million. Mm-hmm. I want a big house, right? Okay, cool. You probably need a 20% deposit, a bit of money behind you. Cool. I want to travel the world. Okay, cool. Here's the 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 itinerary to do this and the flights you would go on. Okay, cool. What else do you want to do? After eventually you've exhausted that list, you're back to doing something that you're happy doing or enjoy doing, but it'd be again having your eggs and toast and a cup of tea. And it probably didn't cost $10 million. It probably co- it might cost $2 million. But it's a way more achievable goal than chasing this hundred million with a helicopter and a yacht and a fucking all this mad stuff. And I think it's always comes back to perspective again. And those little tasks, the happy lists and the the ones that you mentioned, the other parts, they all come part for it. It, it isn't all for you. Like you might not like doing the happy list, you might think it's a lot of shite. That's fine. But with the fifty different tasks and resources mm. and all that, you're going to find those one. It only takes one to change your life. It really only takes one book, one audio one snippet one like the one percent guy you mentioned he became famous off that's enough for something to go that's what i needed to hear yeah i'm gonna yeah. take that you just need to find what that works for you well there was there was one other kind of sub question there was talking about pastimes to do to make you feel like help you mentally and, and more productive um which, yeah. which kind of like is an offshoot of this but one little tip i have there is watching watch that 100 ways to live the blue zone on netflix because the Ikigao, which is the Okinawa way of living, is how uh, each of the cultures in those blue zones, there's one in Sicily and, um, uh, or sorry, Sardinia, uh, Greece, um, Singapore is on its way to being one. And they all have things like diet and things like that. But the Ikigao is like, and there's a book on it as well, is 
having a purpose, you know, having something that you do a pastime. Now that could be volunteering, it could be mending to the garden. You want to kind of, uh, if you have to have something in life, that will help prolong your life. It's like longevity, all those kind of things. There's other things like being part of the community. Yes, having your diet in place, but having a pastime that you can do, and that might be arts and crafts. It could be anything. Um, and I think it's it's great. It also helps your mind as a de-stressor as well. So whether that is, and like challenge yourself, you know, like you might go, well, what fucking pastime do I do? You could do everything. Just try things out. Like go and do one of those, go to a life drawing thing. See if that works, see what that does. Um, and you never know what it might, what it might be, you know? And like, to give you an example, like there's a girl that my, my wife knows and she dropped out of school here in Brisbane and like, you know, it's from a good family and all that kind of stuff. And she, she used to draw with biro pens and then she got so good at it. Um, her name is CJ Hendry, C.J. Hendry, and she's on Instagram. She's now, I think she's got like millions of followers and like uh, this is going back years, but Kanye West was buying her things and now she lives in New York and she's an absolute, like she's unbelievably, and that was from dropping out of school and just doing the pastime thing that she did. Because she was so into it, she ended up being a master in it, you know? And another great resource is this guy called Alan Watts, who's 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 no longer with us, um, but he has a lot of his like teachings on YouTube. So you can just Google Alan Watts um, and he has a talk on everything. He was a philosopher and he talks about that kind of stuff as well. Like whatever it is you, you really want to do, it goes back to your happy list, Gary. Like it could be anything, you know, oh, I want to do crochet or something like that. But if you, if you do it and you lean into it and that's your passion, you'll eventually become a master. At it. <laughs> when you become a master at something, people will then come towards that and want some of it, you know, no matter what it is. So I'm not saying go quit your job. We're getting trouble from uh, yeah. uh, a job. It's okay, master. But all those, all those cultures that are in the blue zones, they, every single one of those people who live uh, uh, beyond a hundred, when you dive into their story, each, each, every single one of them has at least one thing in their life that they commit to all the time. And as I said, sometimes one of them was a gardener, for example, the other one did a, a, a crafts thing and she used to drop it down to the market every Sunday. Uh, you know, so it was like having those things, having that purpose in your life will ultimately stick to you in the long run, you know? Yep, quality, mate. Um, Cracker on to the last two, the last two, two, like we've got loneliness and we've also got um, in the last question, I think you one about techniques to deal with customers who have got vulnerabilities and concerns. So I know a lot of the people who customers who are vulnerable or are angry or whatever or have complaints and people listening may have a similar job. I'm not really that qualified to discuss it. I haven't really worked in that situation, but in terms of, um, I, have, I have a, I have a good one for that. Yeah. Just to, I'm just going to say techniques on how to switch off from what we've touched on already. And then techniques in terms of listening to customers. We have also touched on, in terms of tactical empathy, I mentioned Chris Voss. That's in the resource section. Being empathetic and listening, um, and that's some a resource worth looking out. But Neil's going to go a little bit further on that. Yeah. So the dealing with the the angry uh, and vulnerable customers. Two things to spring to mind there is the first one is there's a difference between empathy and sympathy, right? So if you find yourself. Uh, Empathy is a great thing, right? It's, it's, you know, it's becoming more and more of a term that people are becoming aware of, but it's, 
it's better for you to, to get into the mode, especially from a, a working perspective, is to be able to sympathize with somebody's feelings. So understand that they're upset about anything. But what you don't want to necessarily do in that environment is carry their fears or they're angry with you back into your personal life. Now, I know that's easy to be said because a lot of people just lean more into the empathetic um, sphere, let's say. But if you can kind of focus on that in the moment of like understanding their needs, their fears and all those kind of things, but then being able to um, not take them with you, I think will help you guys from your own mental health perspective. I know that's easier said than done, let's say if you're facing that on a regular basis. Another practical thing you can do, though, in the moment is the primal scream. That's something that I've learned through my toolkit as well. So if you've had a moment of something and sometimes you might get a little shock or a little bit of a mini panic attack and go, fuck, that was a bit hectic. Primal scream is a brilliant way to let go of immediate um, uh, attention or immediate um, action, let's say, in the moment. So let's say you had the fucking worst phone call ever and you're like, oh, my God. What you need to do is change your environment, right? And that can be the smallest little thing. That could be just like, right, I need to go for a walk. Walk is a great way to do that or go for a jog, something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be high impact, but just change your environment. So let off some steam essentially is what you want to do in that exact moment. If you just sit there and lull on it and then go into the next call, it, you know, you, you haven't really resolved it. So you want to say, 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 I was going to say, just say, from a practical standpoint, if you've, so I've just had a bad call yeah. and I have to do a call, what would be, see, you get two minutes between calls, what would be, yeah. what do you reckon can you that? Well, well, the primal scream is, is a brilliant one, right? So primal screen is a very practical thing you can do. And you're probably going to go, fuck off, he's joking here. But, you're just screaming loud. Yeah, you scream. Yeah. <laughs> Clue's in the name. That, uh, that, that guy, that, that guy, a woman who's asked the question, a busy office and switching off is going to hate this person. This guy next yeah. to me just keeps screaming. <laughs> but, but even, yeah, look, I mean, like, I remember the guy, I, like, I was in a park one day and the guy, this, when I was chatting <laughs> to this guy and he made me do it. And I was like, I can't do it. I'm in a public park. There's people everywhere. And he goes, this is the whole point. You need to let go of it. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I kind of went a little bit over to the wee corner. And then I just went, you literally just take a huge deep breath and scream in one breath as loud and as hard as you can, right? And I had to do that in a public space, and which was a bit mad. But the thing is, like, if you actually become comfortable being uncomfortable, it's obviously uncomfortable in the beginning. And I'm not saying go and do it in the middle of the office. I'm not saying that. But, but, but just, just what's practical here is I think a lot of people who are on the call do have a lot of their jobs on the road. So they may be on calls. So that might, that could be, right. it could work in there because you could be in a it car could, yourself. Right, yeah. if, you're, if you're on the car and you're on the phone, on your uh, your hands free or wherever you had this call, pull into the garage, pull into um, the, the hard shoulder and just do this. Just shut everything off and sp it literally takes you 30 seconds and just fucking let it all out. And you get this oh, weird natural, natural high off it, you know? Um, Whereas there's other things you can splash, splashing water on your face is also a, a, a tried and tested uh, modality that helps you in, in an immediate moment of stress. So go into the toilet in the office, put, run cold water, splash yourself a few times. They call that the dive effect. And the dive effect is when we go into a dive mode as humans, um, our body knows that we're underwater and it slows down our heartbeat um, and brings us into a into a parasympathetic state of mind. So again, that's what you want to do. If you've had a shitty call, you're in the sympathetic, the stress, 
flight or flight mode. You want to take yourself out of that. And as I said, depending on your environment, a walk is good. The primal stream is good. Cold water on the face is good. There are some very easy ways to do. And if you can't do any of those things, just try and think, how can I change my environment environment just for a minute? You know, whatever that may be. It could be making a cup of tea, literally getting up and going to the toilet or getting up and going and having a cup of tea is, is a good way for you to kind of just, you know, isolate that issue and go, okay, that's happened. That's fine, but I'm moving on, you know? Yep. Good, mate. Good advice. Um, last one is loneliness. We actually had, a, we had an unbelievable guest called Nick Johnson, who's got a book called Executive Loneliness. And he's a top, top CEO who now has got a huge, he's pretty much a mentor to hundreds, if not thousands of busy executives all over the world regarding the, the world of corporate being a lonely place, especially if you're really high up and you are alone or traveling or whatever along the way. He's got a book called Executive Loneliness and he's got five pathways to avoid that. So we'll put that, we had him as a guest. It's not went live yet, that episode, but it will in the future. Uh, but in terms of, he does have a book out, Executive Loneliness, Nick Johnson. This is a topic that I've also spoke about quite a lot um, going from, being involved in, I used to work with football academies and big group environments and all the rest of it. Always been part of big groups, large, and I've always enjoyed that. That's pretty much my personality. But when I started my own business, I was pretty much myself a lot. And, I've really, and I really, really struggled with it. And it took me about eight or nine months to just realise what was this feeling. I was like, shit, I'm just, I just feel lonely. I had my wife, I had my mates, I seen all, like, I had a big circle of friends and all the rest of it. But a lot of my time was spent working and a lot it went from being on a football pitch being in a changing room being in a squad environment or a big or an office with lots of people doing things to just me and my laptop or me coaching uh, on a football pitch or in a gym so I did struggle with that that still is to be honest I wouldn't say it's complete loneliness but there's an element of it there um, because you don't have a soundboard no one to bounce ideas off but you get in your head way way more than you should that's why a lot of the tips and tips and resources and all that I spoke about, that's why I went down these rabbit holes because I do do these things. I'm not just saying do them for the fun of it. I do do have to do these things to keep myself in perspective. And then I have to go to the walks. I have to go to the gym. I have to make phone calls to friends and all that to, to feel less lonely uh, in the moment. But for me, um, I think it's in this day and age, it's also easy to be lonely because you can you can communicate through your mobile phone so easily, which makes it feel like you're being sociable. Mm. But as social animals, as humans are, you're not, it's not, the, we crave being in a, a conversation or in a group environment or if you are more introverted, it might just be a one-on-one -on -one people with someone you trust or with, with, even with a dog, or whatever it might be. But that feeling of loneliness is, is definitely 100% normal, especially, and I think it's going to get, people are going to feel more, even worse as time goes on, because you might not have a big group of friends or a lot of family around, or you might be in a different country without your family. So the practicality of it is, is try to find things that make you feel at peace, whether it be a passion project, a home, your work, if you've got a job that you really do enjoy, or try to make impact, like this mental health thing that me and Neil are doing, when we get into it, I certainly don't, like, it's just me and Neil talking here via Zoom at the moment. I'm sitting myself, he's sitting myself, we hang up, but I'll leave these phone calls or these podcasts for a good day, energised, buzzing, don't feel lonely because I feel I'm part of something much bigger. And again, very woo-woo, very blah, blah, but that, what that is, I don't know. It's some, it's one of those things you can't put your finger on it, you can't articulate, but it's just, 
makes me feel better. So finding that thing for you. Again, I don't know the context of who you are. So from an expert standpoint, check out Executive CEO by Nick Johnson. And then, Sully, I don't know if there's anything else you would like to add. I was going to say just about Nick, because uh, he was saying he's on the, he was in the C-suite, so he was used to firing people, redundancies, all those kind of things. That was his job, right? And he was going in different companies doing the same thing and hard decisions all the time. And that's lonely when you're, when you're at that level. You can't really be friends with every person below you, you know, or in a different team because you might be the one that has to maybe um, fire them at some point. So he was saying, like, it's, it was a very lonely space. But to put into context with him, like he ended up, you know, going down the triathlete uh, level. And right, yeah, yeah. as we were kind of interviewing him the next day or the, the, the two days later, something that like he was going to do um, his latest race. And he was an alcoholic as well. And he was divorced from his wife and all that. So he'd been through the ringer. But the triathlon stuff was and he wasn't. He said he didn't come from any kind of major background or anything like that before. Um, I mean, he was he was Dutch, I think. So they um they're mad for cycling over there anyway, but uh, he lent into it and that was his thing, you know, and he, as I said, you just now know what your thing is, um, but that that's gave him this stability, you know, we, we've also spoken to uh, uh, Trent, who is a guy who runs this 440 running club here in Bronte in Sydney, and the the getting up at four forty every single morning to do a, a live Instagram and then he does it on a Saturday with the run club was the thing that gave him the structure in his life to get through all his issues as well. So it's like it can take and, and like he said he never thought he worked in advertising and or no real estate he worked in as well um his whole life as well. So you just don't know what way your life's gonna turn, but like it can be anything and that's the kind of good news about it. And also with loneliness, as Gary was saying, this kind of deconnected world that we live in now, even though we think we're connected, that human touch, the emotion side is harder to achieve now. But another little exercise uh, I came across before was if you are feeling lonely or your self-worth is a bit low, is to just picture, uh, I can't remember if we said it in the, in the early episode, but if you can just picture all the people that you've come across who over your year, that's a brilliant exercise for this because then you start going well actually i do have i i do have a great thing and and there are a lot of great people in your life so definitely give that one a try um i think that could help I, I th- on, on a more probably deeper level if you are feeling lonely like and it, you're starting to really affect you in the ways we would like to avoid please talk to somebody reach out mm. to somebody, there's plenty of people at Lifeline, etc. you can talk to. I'm sure if you just spoke to one of your friends, he's like, I've been feeling lonely recently. Um, it's been, it's, I've been feeling lonely recently. There'll be, you'll see it'll take a more active uh, part in your life to make sure that you, you don't feel lonely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've, so I think, I've definitely felt uh, uh, loneliness. Um, it, it is a really interesting thing because like you can have, I have loads of people in my life, like loads of people that like, and, and, and it's different when you come overseas as well, like back home in Ireland, you know, I'd had all my schoolmates, they were just my mates, 15 lads. So I never felt at a home because it was, and they all live like down the road, like literally five doors down from me. It's probably the same maybe for a lot of people listening to this, whereas when you come over here, I've got loads of little groups, you know, oh, I did this football thing with these lads, or I used to play for that football club or they're my wife's mates. You have all these pockets of people, but when it comes down to like actually picking someone up just off the cuff to go, do you want to go for a pint or something? Like I sometimes don't have that many people like that, you know? So 
it is rare it, it is weird i heard it described once about loneliness is it's the same as like sitting in the traffic with cars and loads of people around you but you're there on your own you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it is it is it is one of those things it can also, it can also be one of those things where you have got again see it in a workplace there's lots of people or social events and all the rest of it but you don't really have feel like you've got a lot in common with these people or they don't quite get you or you can't really chat about what things you're passionate about when you can feel like you feel lonely in that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm sort of, I'm here with all these people and it's great fun, but I can't really talk about things I like. They don't really get what I'm into. Finding that social circle. Um, joining, I mean, that's what's good that these days, I suppose you can join different online groups and forums and yeah. social things to go to. There is a lot of them out there. It does but, take a bit of yourself out there. So if you're introverted, it could be a bit more difficult. But the other, the other, the last question on that was like, do you have any tips for enjoying your own company? You know, and um Again, I was just thinking, like, being comfortable with being uncomfortable is a good thing. Like, you know, years ago, I used to hear people going, traveling across Europe on their own or going to the cinema on their own. You know, what the fuck? He's a fucking madman. Like, why would, go, <laughs> why would you go there on your own? And I've actually really lent into that a lot in the last five years. I've, I went to see the Happy Mondays here in Sydney on my own and had the best time ever. You know, it's okay to be on your own. It doesn't make you a weirdo or anything like that. And even if people think you're a weirdo, like fuck them, you know, like that's like none of your concern. Like, you know, it's that, um, that book of the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, brilliant book. And definitely we'll put that in the notes that really started to get me thinking going, well, like not everyone's going to want to do the thing that you want to do anyway. And even if they do, they'll end up annoying you. Have you ever had that where you, you bring someone to a football game or something and then they say, Oh, I don't even want to be here. Then you don't enjoy it. And you're like, so like, Going to things on your own, I find, is actually almost sometimes even more enjoyable. Because yeah, not 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, I, mean, I would have never... There's a question, some, some, a question someone asked. Um, we'll just sort of wrap up everything else as a sort of tail end of this, but my question someone asked was, what is your... If you had to have your perfect day, what would you do with your day off? You had a perfect day. What would your perfect day like, look like? And everyone they asked... More often than not, they described all these activities, which was them by themselves. I would wake up, I might go for a walk in the morning in the sun, and I might grab a coffee, then come home, watch a movie, and then described all whatever, walk my dog, blah, blah, blah. blah. Sort of coinciding with that happy list again. You're doing all the things that make you happy. But more often than not, it was them like sunbathing just by themselves, watching a movie by themselves, peace and quiet, blah, blah, blah. More often than not, or watching a sport game or whatever it might be, it was alone there might be a little bit of like oh i'd love to go and chat this up have go to a pub with a couple of mates or whatever it might be but i think that is that you can enjoy your own company and um, but i think to do that you have to know you have to do a few a little bit of hard work on yourself to make yourself a person that you want to be <laughs> around do you know what i mean it does take work it's very doable but i think overall mate i just been conscious of the time in total four parts uh i think yeah, overall but, um... i hope there was, a, there was just before we, there was two quick things. One yeah. is art. I just wanted to mention art therapy because I think one of the things that came up was about pastime as well. That can be good for you mentally, but also productive. And art therapy is a fantastic thing. Seems a bit woo woo, but it's a brilliant way to express your emotions. Because when we go to express our emotions, how are you feeling? What's the main thing we do? Talk about it, right? maybe we'll write about it those two things and then you'll listen they're they're like the kind of main things we go to but we've got so many more things as humans of ways to express ourselves dance all kinds of stuff 
and art therapy is a brilliant thing. I've done it before. And when I was thinking of the loneliness there, one of the tasks I got before was draw loneliness. And that got me like, like I was able to express that in a, such a different way than it would be just through words. Words is just one form of us being able to communicate. So art therapy, I think, is definitely, if you wanted to explore that, it's a brilliant way of expressing your emotions, but outside of just written, written words or spoken words, which are only just one or two things that we can do as humans. And letting go of trauma and things like that or past emotions through expression of art and letting go is a really amazing experience. So like definitely try that. And then the last one of the other things was advice on hanging out with friends. And that was from before and how to hurt their feelings. And so there's a brilliant tactic that I learned as well called inoculation. And that's great for when people are going to try this now and all their bosses and go, you fucking told them how to do that. But inoculation is if you're trying to have a conversation, let me put this into context, right? Let's say you haven't got a promotion and you've been working your ass off and you're like, I'm not getting a promotion. If you speak to your manager or someone that you're not on the same wavelength, inoculations, you start off the conversation going, can we be honest with each other in this conversation? And you need to get them to commit to that and go, yeah, of course, Neil, of course, uh, this is a safe space immediately you've subconsciously got them focusing on your energy that's the the first thing and then the second thing about inoculation is you know you can express your feelings they'll express their feelings about why you haven't got it or whatever and that can be unsatisfactory you know which we all know but what you want to end it on then is going okay neil or gary what is it that i need to do in order for me to achieve this position or whatever it is and get them to tell you so okay in order for you need to do this, your, your sales needs to go up by 10 percent, and you need to do this whatever yeah, you need to be on time more whatever it may be that now gives you something to go away and work towards and if you achieve that that next conversation you have with your football manager whatever it is i've now gone and done those things you asked me to do and it, you can get success off that so i just thought that was an interesting thing to to just mention as well, it's definitely helped me a lot. And even if your boss or whatever at that point, oh, I think the question is to do with not saying no to plans or hanging out with friends without hurting their feelings. Yeah, but I mean, you can apply that to like, oh, can I be honest with you? I'm just really busy at the moment, and you know, da, 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 yeah. da. and then and then they'll they'll go back and forth, and then at the end, you can just go, you know, what what is it I can do, you know, moving forward, you know, or is there anything that I can do that you yeah, yeah, I'm happy to meet up again? Oh yeah, like. I've got a christening coming up next month. Okay, cool. I'll go to that. You know, I'll be that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, cool. That's that's good practical. Okay, well, this has been good fun. I enjoyed this, mate. I, I mean, this is I, I love the format. Thank you so much for everyone sharing things because it's gave us a shit ton to speak about. Um, hopefully, again, like the old saying was, if there's just one thing, one thing you got from all of that, superb. And I've, most the only thing I ask in return from all this is, please, please. Rate, give our, if you enjoyed it, give our podcast a, a follow or and most importantly a review. Please give us a review. It'd be great. It makes a massive difference to getting awareness. Our whole thing is about spreading awareness to make more impact. And that cannot happen without getting ratings on the podcast because it, it shoots up. Um, so please, if you can rate it and share it with one just one person, if you can do that for us, then it makes a huge difference to not just us, but to the mental health space as a whole. We can't make a, a huge difference, but we can make a dent in it for sure. No, I appreciate it, guys. You're doing well, and we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share some of the learnings that we've had over 30-plus episodes. 
and the journey's only starting for us and, and same for you it looks like but credit to you guys and like keep doing what you're doing.